0: Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church Podcast. Here at Velocity, we love to hear about how lives are changed. And if that's you, let us know and send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now enjoy today's message. Awesome, awesome. What a, what a great what a great honor it is to be right here at Velocity. I could not wait to get to this Amazing church and my goodness, what God has done in just a few short years uh, of being a church here. Of course, the other location and all that you're about. And so, I love this church. I love your heart for people. I love that when you go to your website, the first thing that pops up is this is for everyone. Can I have a good amen? And I think that's what church is all about. And so, uh, bring you greetings from uh, just so many people who love this church and and are grateful for what you are about and what you're doing. I love the pathway as. Pastor Marissa was talking about the opportunity for growth track even today. Uh, I, I showed up. I was not raised in church. I was born in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was raised in a little town called Myrtle Beach. Uh, just we didn't go to church. We're not a church-going family. Uh, we, my, my parents, we, we worked the weekends with we tourism business, and so uh, I didn't know anything about church. I showed up in church. when I was 18 years old. I didn't know the handshake or the like hoot hoot. I knew nothing. I mean, I was clueless walking into a church and uh we had been to church maybe a half a dozen times in our whole life at like christmas and easter and uh and th- that was about it and so to show up in a church, and then I thank God for the church that we were part of like this one, it took us on a pathway. It, it brought me on a process so I could discover uh, who God had made me to be and discovered the life that he intended for me. I don't know where I'd be today if it wasn't for that that growth track, that that pathway that I know that you offer here. If you've not joined that, I want to encourage you to And then also a small group. That was big for me. I, I had a lot going on. I needed somewhere to, to, to talk some things out, to ask questions. And How many of us sometimes in church, it's just awkward to interrupt the speaker and ask a question it's just kind of not the thing you want to do you will be ushered out and uh, I'm joking but uh, it, no I'm not and so anyway uh, so uh, you know I, and, and so a small group gave me that that forum to be able to work my faith out and to continue to seek out and so uh, I'm grateful for the small groups that you have here and it's so important uh, and so thanks thank you for being a church like that on behalf of me that I would have never been able to probably make it uh, throughout my my early years years of trying to understand God uh, if it wasn't for a church that took me on a step. So thanks for being that church and caring for people. And uh, I just love it here. I got to go to a KU ball game yesterday. Oh, bucket list, bucket list, bucket list, bucket list. So K- Kansas City, is my se- Kansas is my second favorite basketball team. It was North Carolina. Now it's Kansas. Uh, but number one is still Duke. I'm sorry. I was born in Charlotte. I know it's terrible. Terrible, terrible, born in Charlotte, got to be there, and so, uh, but God, that was a great experience, I just love this city, the food, the ambiance of this city is just incredible, uh, why would you want to live in San Diego when you can't live in Lawrence, come on, somebody, I mean, my goodness gracious, what an incredible place to live and do life, and what a great church, we love your pastors, I just thank God for Pastor Justin, Marissa, they are the real deal, I'm very proud of them, they are big leaders in what God is doing right here, they are rock solid. I tell you this, when you're around them, you, you learn a couple of things. And when you learn that they love God, uh, you learn that they love each other. They got four kids. Come on, somebody. And then you learn that they love you. You're not around Pastor Justin, Pastor all, and they begin to talk about velocity. They begin to talk about you. And so I just appreciate them so much. I value the relationship. You're great leaders. You're helping us grow churches. And you're helping us inspire other young pastors who want to do this in cities. Can we clap our hands for our pastors? They're the real deal. They help us a bunch, so. Every time you, you tithe and you give consistently to Velocity at the end of this service, you have an opportunity to, to give. Many of you give online or, or you do text to give, things like that. Uh, you're able to help us plant churches. So, so far in the last 17 years, we've planted about 836 churches, which is incredible. And uh, we planted, uh, already planted 27 this year. and. Uh, it's just amazing. So every time you give and you say yes to generosity here, we're able to say yes to a young couple who wants to do this somewhere else. And they want to start a church. They want to launch a church. And we we work with them, spend about a year with them, and help them get into a community. And, and so I, I just appreciate you because you're a church that's a model church. They're learning a lot from this environment. Uh, Pastor Jesse and Brissa are a part of that. Uh, that leadership team Help us to help other churches, other pastors. And so we're grateful, grateful that you're helping other. People, so it's an honor for us to be here. I brought two of our, our, our friends at work at ARC, Jaden and, and Blake. So we're just great to be here. Our family's doing well. We 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 pastored in Baton Rouge for 20 years. So uh, I pastored down in, in in the dirty South. Come on, in Louisiana, and then we're now in Birmingham, Alabama. We've been there for about six years, and I get to be at a great church like this. Church of the Highlands it has a growth track, seeing people baptized, multiple services, multiple locations. You know, having uh, other locations that continue to expand is really not about us. It just says that we love people, and, and that's what it's about. And so uh, so many similarities between our church and our family's doing well. I never communicate without showing a picture of the family, so I brought a picture of the Rizzo. I don't know if we get that up, a picture of the Rizzo family. There's the Rizzo family. We just had a wedding, my goodness gracious. So that's our family, and so that's our baby That's, that's our baby girl on the end. That's Isabella. She's a senior, so she's going to be going to Alabama. She's a cheerleader, man. I'm a cheer dad. I'm all about it. I can stomp it out. I can chant it out. I can go V-I-C-T-O-R-I right now, and uh, I, I can lead a cheer small group. And so that's our daughter. Then that's my son over there. He's up in New York serving at the Hillsong Church, a good friend of this, this house. And then that's our oldest daughter, um, McCall. She got married two months ago. She graduated from LSU, and he graduated from Alabama. So they're already having issues. and, and they're So we're praying for them, doing some marriage counseling. And then that's my lovely wife, Delenn. She loves uh, Marissa so much and uh, that's our my wife and I we got we, we've been married thirty years this December and so uh, she we have a lot of fun she's Cajun I mean like real Cajun and i 'm Italian, so there's a whole lot of action going up in my house and, She's one of them sweet little girls. Her first name is Delenn. Her middle name is Monique. And so someday she's little Delenn. Another day she's like, Monique, I will fight you in the front yard if you come up in my yard. And so she's a strong woman. Boy, I married a strong woman. But uh, our family loves this family. We love this church. and We love the series that you're in uh, around the idea of proving ground, proving ground, a place where you are tried and tested, a place where you're developed to be tried and tested. So I want to talk for a few minutes and come alongside of that thought. I want to talk for a few minutes around the idea of a, of a daily proving ground, a daily proving ground. So let's all pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you for Velocity. We thank you, uh, Lord, for our pastors. And so, Lord, continue to to work through us. And, Lord, every person is here. It's not by accident that they're here. You want to speak to each of our hearts. Lord, every person matters to you, what's happening in their life, what's going on in their world. Lord, as we experience worship and all the things that we've already experienced, Lord, we thank you for our time of prayer. Lord, we're just excited about what you're doing in our lives. So, Lord, let let every day be a day, Father, where we're, we're tried and tested and Lord, we, we understand the wonderful challenge of grace and mercy alive in our life. So we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Once you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church. I'm glad you made it to church. Come on, be friendly. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice and tell them you could use a lot of church, my friend. I like having fun in church. You know, I, there I, there's certain scriptures that you you land on, and and, and I, as I was thinking about our time together, uh, this this daily proving ground, uh, I, I kept thinking about just what the the words of Jesus as he says in Acts chapter one. There's a passage that he gives, and this is right before Jesus. Is to go away and of course send the power of the Holy Spirit. So he's meeting with his disciples for like the last time, and he's wanting them to know that there's some things that are going to happen. He's trying to give them some instructions or some orientation of what about about what life is about to be about. Kind of here's what's up ahead for you, and and he and he he says this in Acts chapter one, uh, verse seven, eight, and nine. It's an amazing scene. It says he said to them so last words that are in red uh, in, in the book of Acts, very important. He says, it is not for you to know the times and dates. So you're not going to know all the specific things. You're not going to know all the details. I'm not going to fold everything to you. So you're not going to know the times and dates. Uh, the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power. He says, you'll not know the time and dates, but you will have a power uh, as you, you navigate your life. He says, so you will know. Uh, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you this is interesting and you will be my witness in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the ends of the earth he says so you're not going to know all the details about life but I'm gonna give you power along the way as you go about your life being a witness uh, a, a, a witness to what a witness to what he has done in you and a witness to what he wants to do in other people's lives so so he says I want you to be a witness I don't know if you've ever been called to be a witness I don't know if you've ever witnessed anything but uh, but, but the Lord looks at us and says, I'm going to call you a witness. And 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 maybe you've never been in that situation where you've been a witness to an accident or a witness to a crime or a witness to a situation. He says, I, I want you to be a positive witness to me. And you're not going to know all the details about it, but I'm going to give you power to be a witness in your life. Life And I think that word is interesting that he's saying, I want us to all to be a witness of, and, and you know, it's interesting about a witness. A witness has to be vetted. Uh, nobody's going to call a witness that they've never talked to. A, an attorney or a lawyer is not going to call a witness that they've not, uh, they've not taken through a proven moment. They've not uh, taken, they've not been tried to see if they're telling the truth. You don't want a witness to get on the stand. And then uh, if they're a witness for your case or a witness for your side, you begin to ask them questions that are like, no, nah, I didn't see none of that. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, or, or, or tell a fib or, or or not be accurate. Any lawyer that calls a witness is going to make sure that they are convinced and they are correct and that uh, they, are, they are correct in what they say. They are true in what uh, they say. They have been proven to be true. Therefore, if you've been proven to be true, then I can call you as a witness. And I think it's amazing that that the Lord, he's 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 been on Earth and he's gathered his disciples, and now he's headed away. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. and He says, "I want you to be my witness. I'm going to leave this here for you, and and you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna when, when you speak and you live and you do your life, uh, you're gonna you're gonna prove to everyone what is true about me that you are a witness. You're the proven ground that I am I am the truth. Because they're not going to know me, but they're going to know you." They're going to experience my power through your life, through your words, through the way you care, the way uh, you're there. So you're you're a witness to my power. You're a witness to what I have done in your life. You tell your true story of what I have done in your life. Live your life being a proven witness. He says that's what that's that's all that's what I, that's what I want you to do. Now you're not going to know every detail. You're not going to know all the details. You're not going to have everything fast forward to you. But you will have power to be able to navigate the things around you and to the encounters that you have. I think it's so amazing that God wants you and I to live uh, in daily communion with his power, his help, his strength. And out of that daily communion with his word or in a small group or like you're, 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 we're, we're here today today, that out of that power, then you can live daily, and that your life is being proven. That, that because of His grace and because of what He's done in your life, and you're not giving up, and you're you're trying your best, and you're leaning into Him. And no, we're not perfect, but you're you're, you're trusting Him, and we're relying on Him. That that our life becomes that that tested and tried place where where something is developed, where character is developed, and and our, our testimony or our testing is proven. Then out of that. Uh, Proving ground that the result is that you're going to impact other people. So that's how this is going to work. You're gonna you're gonna impact other people. I never forget. Uh, years ago, I did a youth camp uh, down in Houma, Louisiana. In uh, Houma, Louisiana, they come to church in 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 uh, uh, in boats and and come to church in shrimp boots and and they, I mean they come right off the shrimp boats and and this little church was right by the bayou and I mean literally the bayou was right there and then the church was right there. It was a small church. I, I'm talking about like this, just right here. We all we we I mean literally we were right here and I and a guy asked me to come speak for him uh, one Sunday morning and I had not been there before, and so I had in my mind, you know, uh, he says it's a small church, and, and I thought, okay, what's small? And I don't really know what small means to you. Uh, I mean, you know, so I get there, and it's, it's real small, as in it's a storage unit small. You know, roll-up door storage unit. Y'all been to a storage unit? He just had leased a storage unit, and it wasn't temperatured. Come on, somebody roll up the door. And I just was like, are we getting the equipment to go to the other building? Are we just picking up some stuff? He says, no, man, we just meet in this storage unit. And he rolls up the door and I walk in and there's like 10 metal chairs in a circle. And so we're just like, okay. I'm thinking this is the pre-meeting. We're It's a rally meeting. No, no, this is church. I was like, wow. So, you know, we're there. Some people show up to the storage unit and there's no greeters. Didn't have a coffee cart, of course. And, you know, there was nobody outside holding a sign saying, Hello, you're welcome. Welcome home. It'd be like welcome to the storage unit, and so, uh, and so I'm there. I don't, I, we, my wife is with me. We don't know what to do, and and I, we're just in. A, and we're in a circle. Chairs are in a circle, so they're not lined up, you know, back to back, where you're looking at someone's head. No, you're in a circle. You're looking at each other. How many knows that's called awkward in a storage unit? If the storage unit's not enough, now we're in a circle of chairs. That's, in a, that's even more awkward. You, I didn't know what swords you could get more awkward. And so so we began to sing a few songs, and it was kind of rambling around, just, you know, kind of those songs. She, oh, she'll be coming around the mountain. She come. Yeehaw. I mean, we, we're just singing random songs, and it's, it's, it's tough. So in the middle of a song, a lady gets very disturbed, gets very upset. I don't Know what, what what's going on in her life I don't know what type of brokenness or what type of wound she's experiencing and and, and she begins to weep and as she weeps she gets louder and, and and you can tell the pain is increasing I don't know if she's rehearsing a pain I don't know what she'd experienced in her life and and it's and you can't ignore it because we're in a storage unit and we're in a circle of chairs and, and I'm looking at the pastor and he's looking at me and he's like well so she, we, we're getting ready to so he says he looks over at me he says well you're the guest I Think you ought to handle it and I, you're the pastor you know like thank you and and in that middle in, in that storage unit in home of Louisiana I remember walking across that circle and, you know, as I walked, I was scared. I was nervous. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't, I didn't know if we'd ever have any other part of the meeting. I remember as, as I walked across that little circle, I just prayed a prayer, a quick prayer, Lord, be with me. And, and it was like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I'm with you. You now be my witness. You just you just be a witness of me. You don't you don't own the power. You're not the healer, you're not the helper, you're not the solution, you're not the answer, you're not the the miracle worker, you're not the prophet. You're just a witness to what I have done for her. I can remember the fear and the nervousness of that moment. Just just calm down and able to walk across that room and just connect with that precious woman, my wife and I, we prayed for, her and she calmed down. And but I'll never forget standing in the middle of that storage unit afterwards. We had a little church service, and we were about to leave, about to close the storage unit. Uh, tear down it was real easy. You pull the door down. It was that, literally that quick. And Delen and I got in the car, and she was like, wow, that was, that was an experience. I said, it was. I, she said, were you nervous? I said, I was till I realized that I can't save anybody. I can't heal anybody. It was good to know that, that uh, I'm just a, a conduit, that I'm just a, I'm a paper plate. Nobody goes to the barbecue to see the paper plates, that, that he's the main event. He's the main course. He's the entree. Can I have a good amen? His grace, his mercy, his help, his for, for all of us to be a witness. There's a story in Acts chapter 3. I just want to read it to you because it's like one of my favorite stories. Uh, Acts chapter 3, it's just amazing. It's, it's this kind of unfolded, uh, the, and, and it just follows the, the Acts chapter 1. So the disciples are trying to live life, and man, they've had a lot of things happen. Jesus is gone now, all these things are happening, and the city's in an uprising, and, you know, all, all what's, gonna, what's next, what's next? And it shows a little quick window into two of the disciples. It says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple. At the time of prayer, which is a good thing, at 3 in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. I think that's interesting. Where he was put every day to beg for those going in a temple court. So someone obviously brought him. This is what he did every day. He begged, and he was right by the temple courts. And it says, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, and so did John. And I love how he looked straight at him. He didn't look around him. He didn't look above him. Didn't look beneath him. He looked at him. So then Peter said, look at us, look at us. He says, so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. I, I don't have any of that. Look, watch this. But what I do have, I give to you. What, 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 what's been proven in my life, what, what, is, what is true in my life, what, what is in the proving ground of my life, uh, I'm going to give to you what's been tested in my life. And he says, I want to transfer. I want to relay it to you. I want to be a conduit. I, I want to give you something off of my paper plate. He says, so what I have, I'm going to give to you. And then look what happens. He says, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, not, not my name, not, not what I'm all about, not, you know, not, not, not my, my, you know, my social media platform, not my, not my personality. No, no. In the name of Jesus, he says, I, I, want, you to, I want you to get up and I want you to walk. And I love what happens. He just doesn't say those words. But then he says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet, began to walk. Then he went into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. Can I have a good amen for God's word? I just love that story. I love how Peter and John are just living their life. They're just going about their life, and they have this encounter with this broken person, this person that had lack in their life. And and, and there's this moment where where they're able to just speak words, but then not only words, but they speak action into his life. And then his life changes from their their witness of what God had done in Peter's life, what, what the Lord had done in John's life. They were just giving him what they had received. Nothing more. I think so often that is really what God is wanting for each of our life. That's the life that God intends for you and I to to, to give out of the the something that we've received. Out of the something of grace and mercy that you and I have found. I wrote down four things about this that I I think are true. Just four thoughts and uh, four ideas, four suggestions around this proven ground and what we see here uh, that takes place. Uh, that I really believe that that can be possible for our life and for our family. Maybe we're a blended family. Maybe we're single, single again. Whatever it is, Lord, that these things can be true about this daily proving ground. You see that this took place daily. Here's the first thing that I love about this story that speaks to us, that it's all about a mandate. That's a great word, mandate. Sometimes we don't like the word mandate. A mandate is a yes. uh, I'll tell you what a mandate is. A mandate is this. Yes, what's the question? Yes, what's the, so often we're waiting on the question, and this it's like, well, hey, I need you to help me. What does that mean? Hey, can you, can you come by and help me move something? How much do you have in your house? Uh, hey, can you come by and help me install a window? Is this like a month project? I mean, it's like, I need to navigate time and what this is going to take, uh, energy. Uh, a mandate is where you just say, yes, now ask me the question. Uh, The disciples had decided in their life that they were going to follow Jesus and they were going to follow through with no matter what it looked like, but they knew that he had given them power so they were moving forward in their life, even in the uncertainty. A mandate is not negotiable. A mandate is not based on feelings. Uh, It's an all call. It's when we do a serve day here uh, from uh, from church. It's when we go out and do an outreach. It's just like, I'm going to go do an outreach. I'm going to participate. I'm going to help somebody. I don't know what it's going to look like. I'm not real sure if I'm equipped for it. I don't know if I'm the best person for it, but you can count on me. Come on, somebody. That's what a mandate is. You count on me. And so they were operating under this mandate that Jesus had sent them. So I love the idea of a mandate uh, that it's all about a mandate. Lord, let us live our life with a mandate that, Lord, you, you can help people and you want to pull people up out of their situation. Maybe you want to use my hand to extend to someone else. Maybe I can be that witness for someone, so it's a mandate. Here's the second thing that I think is so interesting, that it's all about mission. It's all about mission. They they were on a mission from God. They decided that their life was a mission. Lord, we have a mission as a church. We have a mission to help people. That whole mission, that whole idea of this is for everyone, that is a great mission that, hey, this church is for everyone. No matter what you've been through, no matter what's experienced, no matter what your background is, no matter what your pain is, no matter what your heart is is navigating, no matter what your addiction is, no matter where your spiritual thermometer is in life, we are, this is for everyone. can I tell you something? That is a mission worth fighting for. That is a mission worth investing in. That is a mission that says, okay, Lord, that I'm going to make my giving a priority. That is a mission that I want to see expanded to help other people that maybe are in a spot where they're stuck, like this gentleman was by the gate, beautiful. It wasn't beautiful to him. It was brokenness to him. So let us be on a mission as a church to take those that are living in a broken situation and through our giving and through our heart and through our sacrifice and through our tithe and our talent and our time, Lord, help us to to bring them to a place where they can experience the beautiful mercy of God. I'll be that witness. I'll sign up for that. And then the third thing that I see here is it's all about uh, being mobilized. I love how Peter and John were together. I think that's key today. That's why I love giving and serving. As a church, you mobilize through small groups. You mobilize through different things, the partnerships that you do here, the different things that you do across the city, across the region of helping people. We just got to be mobilized where, where we can make a difference. And I love how they were together. They they kind of buddied up a little bit. And they just decided, wow, because Christianity is, is best lived uh, to, uh, in relationship. Not isolated. So they were not isolated, but they were together as they reached out and lifted up this man that was hurting. And I think that's what's so amazing. You and I can mobilize, and, you know, I can't can't dig a well by myself in India and build a church, but together we could. I can't open up another campus in another part of this region and, and, and reach people that are far from God or, or, or help people that are navigating brokenness. I can't do it all by myself. I, I don't have all that. But you know what? Together we can maybe do that. So what, we're, we're mobilized as a local church to, to make a difference, to represent the heart of God and, and people all around us. And then the last thing that you see take place, and this is my prayer for you, is that uh, it's all about the miraculous. Miraculous things can happen. When you and I decide to be a witness. Not a perfect witness. Not a witness that doesn't have challenges or problems. But a witness that just decides I'm going to be true to God in the best way I can. Can I have a good amen? I'll finish with this. The other day, uh, my, I was bringing my son to the airport in Birmingham. And the airport is in a, a certain part of our community. And so I'm, I'm bringing him to the airport. It's early flight. Oh. Oh, my lord, like a 5:30 flight. I mean, we got up like 3:30. Like we're going fishing. Like we're going duck hunting. I mean, I mean, we're going. So we're we're early, and we get to the airport, and uh, and and he's going. He's been there two years, and he's taking a new job with the church, and you know, just my my son, who I just love like crazy, and my only son. I let him out of the truck, and I didn't want him to leave the truck. I just was thinking about him. He's going to go there. He's not going to get as much time off. And, you know, I just, he just, I prayed for him, and we both got a little emotional. Uh, and, and, you know, I just was like, man, that's my baby. I want to put him back in a cart. He was 22 years old. Take him back home. Put him in bed and just let daddy take care of you forever. I, you know, but I, letting him go. And, and as he walked out of the truck and got to, started walking there. You know what I thought? Lord, I hope people that see him and meet him treat him like a son. Not just an individual. He's a son. He's my son. I hope they treat him well. And so he goes into the airport, and then I, I turn and I head out, and I notice I need some fuel in my truck, and so I, I pull over to a gas station that's in our community. We have a dream center there. We do some outreach in that community, and in that community, uh, it's a vulnerable community. It's a it's a tough neighborhood there. There's just some some of the pain that they've experienced. Some of the been very marginalized as a community, and so I'm I'm, I'm looking around, and it's about 4:15 in the morning, and I, I get out and I start fueling my truck, and I look around. And there's four or five people walking around in the parking lot. I couldn't figure it out. And then it dawned on me, they're homeless. They're homeless because they were looking through some trash cans. I'm I'm watching them, and I'm fueling my truck, and I'm looking at One starts walking towards me, and I don't want to make that awkward eye contact with him because I've got to get home, and there's a lot going on. I don't have anything on me at that moment. And it was like the Lord reminded me. He said, guess what? There's someone's son. Just like your son, there's someone's baby. So look at them. Look at them. So I realize, a gentleman's right here by me, I don't have anything to give him. He says, you really don't? I'm just having this internal conversation. So I get down fuel and I get ready to get my truck. And and it was like the Lord just said, I know you don't want to give him anything because you're busy. But would you try to find something and give it to him from me? Would you give him something from me? So I looked through my truck and I found like $2 in my backpack, and $2 underneath the seat, and another dollar in the door. And I just said, Hey, I get out. I said, Hey, my man, I know you don't know me, but. And I looked at him and I said, I didn't want to give you anything. I, I'm just selfish. I said, But Jesus wanted me to give this to you. So I handed him $5. Since then, I went to the bank, got $50 bills, and put them in my truck. It's a practical way. And I just said, Here, here's $5. He said, and I get, get, get to get my truck. You know what he said to me? He said, hey, man, you going to pray for me? It's a great idea. Yeah, genius. you should be the pastor. I'm going to hell. And so, uh, what's wrong with me? So I leaned over and I prayed for him, and we had a moment. I hugged him. He said, man, thank you. He looked at me, and these were his words. These are not my words. He said, when you prayed... You chased the devil away from my life. He said, you don't know what it's like out here on these streets every night trying to find somewhere to lay down. He says, like the devil follows you around all night long trying to find somewhere safe to stay. He said, but you chased the devil away. I told him about some things we had. I got in the car. I was like, Lord, thank you that you sent me to him. And the Lord said, I didn't send you to him. I sent him to you. He was the gift for your day. Why? Because people around us are daily proving grounds. If you and I are going to be the hands and feet of Jesus extended, and we all can do it. Amen. Let's bow our heads, let's pray together. Father, we thank you.